Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah, I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that, to hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years, I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. (laughs) Welcome to the session on Rise FM. It is time for Faith and Life to connect here on Rise FM and on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. I am Scott, here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. And this little do-to, do-to, here-to, us-to, this is called the session. And uh, welcome in, and uh, we're glad you're here today. Remember, you can always suggest a topic for us to discuss, and you can check out back episodes of the session on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. And if you want to interact with us and suggest a show or leave comments, you can just send me an email, scott at risefmohio.com. Today we're going to talk about a topic that, I have subtitled, How Long Do You Wait Until You Turn Their Bedroom Into a Man Cave? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're going to talk about how to survive sending your child off to college, in part from an article by Lori Freeland. Uh, But first, before we dive into that, Tom, we dive into God's Word. Well, and let's do this, Scott. This is out of Paul's writings in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You might need it in this transition. In his strength. That's right. All right, so the first thing that Lori suggests and that we suggest is breathe. You know, we talk about breathing a lot, Scott. It's essential. It really is. Yeah. I have yet to see anybody live without it. Give <laughs> <laughs> me one of those shows. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. That's right. <laughs> so seriously, inhale and exhale. Because when you get that right, when you're inhaling and exhaling r- rhythmically and therapeutically, you lower your anxiety levels. That's pretty good. Sometimes just a deep breath is a good thing. Take a moment, grab some quiet time. Saying goodbye for the first time is a life-changing, epic moment. But the world isn't ending. That's important to remember. No one is dying, even though your heart might tell you otherwise. And it may feel like it, kind of. Yeah. I remember the first time. I can close my eyes and picture... It happening when we said goodbye to Jason at Gordon. And there was this courtyard between the the different uh, school buildings. Mom and Jason and I huddled in the middle of that courtyard and prayed and cried. And we got done praying. We looked at him and he looked at us and we said goodbye. Uh Well, he turned around and you could tell he had confidence in his step, man. He was anxious to get into the building there. I think it might have been the bookstore where some of his friends were already hanging out. And that was Gordon. And I think what really was so difficult was to think there's 12 hours or so, give or take a few, that we would have to drive to be able to help him. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. Now, Jason, your oldest. Second oldest. Second oldest. Right. Now, how different was it when you got down to the youngest in Mandy? 
Well, I was really thinking that was going to be difficult. But I guess I was used to it by then. And the other thing, too, is she didn't go terribly far from home. She ended up graduating from Ashland with a bachelor's degree in, I bet you can guess. Nursing. Well, eventually it was nursing. That was her master's. It was in psychology. Okay. Yeah, that kind of makes sense, too. That's right. So, first of all, breathe. Yes. You're going to survive. You are going to get through this. Why not make it a memorable thing, even if it's emotional? Remember, this is a life memory we're talking about. I still remember when Mom and Dad dropped me off at Michigan State. We were on our way. We had left the hotel that morning. I didn't eat. I was a very nervous kid. Okay. You know, the, I was the stomachache kid at the drop of a hat. We had left the hotel. We were going to the dorm, and I threw up into the cooler in the back seat. <laughs> so my parents' last memory of me going to college is losing my my cookies. <laughs> in the that cooler probably made it to the dumpster before I even, <laughs> before they went anywhere. That's true. I never. I have to ask my mom what that was like for her. I, I would think that she would say that memory really stinks. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if it was harder for them to do that with me, or they took they took my sister straight out of high school from Pennsylvania to Washington D.C. and she got a job as a clerk typist with in Washington somewhere. And took her to the this for her first apartment right out of high school. Wasn't a good experience either. Oh. Did not end well. Mm. Anyway, all yeah. right. So we're talking about how to survive sending your kids off to college or how long do you wait till you turn their room into a man cave? Yeah. All right. Secondly, accept yeah. what you can't control. This is huge because when you try to control what you can't control, anxiety is going to go up. It's going to come across counterproductive in the relationships. It's going to be problems. So accept it. It's been your job to protect and nurture and create a safe, loving environment for your kids. Sending them out into the world can be terrifying, but you've had 18 years to teach them. It reminds me of a story years and years and years ago with a family I worked with with their like 16-year-old who was wanting to have more control in their life. It wasn't having it. Their child wanted power. It wasn't given to him. So he began to act out because that's the only power he really had, and that brought him in. And so I remember the discussion with his parents. I said, when do you want him to safely experience the world? When he's under your roof or you wait two years from now when he may be hours and hours away at college where you don't have much control without getting in a car and traveling several hours to help him? Well, what would you prefer? Well, I think eventually they came around to realize, you know what, we might want to begin to expand some of their trust and give him more ownership of his own life, but let's do it in safe places. And then, you know, it's a great idea when he accomplished it. You celebrate the success. Yes! yes. Imagine that. Me a celebration celebrate. of success sighting already today. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so it really is important that we empower them. We want to put confidence in them. One of the greatest ways we can put confidence in them is to celebrate what they have done right. And they get a sense of, yeah, I've done right. Now that goes right to the next point, to concentrate on what you did right as a parent. It seems like at times 
This could be more one-sided than the other. Moms, in general, tend to maybe be more critical of what they could have done better, and maybe dads want to celebrate more. I don't know if that means that that dads are not in tune and on the same page with reality. (laughs) Well, it's obvious we're from a different planet. (laughs) That's true. So concentrate on what you did right. Did I ingrain in him to stay pure, make good decisions, and put the Lord first? Did he realize that sometimes what seemed like small choices came with huge consequences? So over the years, you've done more right than wrong. It's important that you make a list of your strengths as a parent and trust that your words and actions have made a positive impact, even if you don't see the results quite yet. Dr. Dobson was one who said that we cannot forget. We can do absolutely everything right as a parent, but at the end of the day, our children still have a free will inside of them. And sometimes they're influenced by the world. Sometimes... They make decisions that aren't good, but nonetheless, that can happen. And even if they make a bad decision, there's still the possibility that what you have taught them is going to come back and they're going to go, wait a minute, that's not right, got to go turn this around. Yeah. Yeah, and go back to what you taught them. It's still a possibility. And so isn't it important to have grace there? Oh, yeah, and be ready for the call that comes home every once in a while. That's true. You know, the only time I called my mom and dad was when I needed money. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But my favorite picture from our oldest son in his bachelor days, he had a picture of mom and dad, and first line below it, it said, this is my mom and dad, and the line below that, and my... <laughs> I wow. Okay. My, my, my uh, ATM. And I said, that puts a whole lot of perspective. It sure does. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And that leads really to the next thing that Lori Freeland brings out here in her article, open lines of communication. This is huge. But I think it's also encouraging for parents. When we open lines of communication, if you've never felt comfortable being open and honest with your child, now's the time to start. It isn't too late to begin A dialogue, even if you only in-depth discussions thus far have been about your fantasy football draft. Yeah, okay, I get it. We're touching on tender ground here, right? Oh, yeah, I can see that. Sacred ground for Scott. (laughs) Yeah, make yourself available. Don't waste your chance to deepen your relationship. From here on out, your relationship will supersede any rules you've laid down. FaceTime and Zoom can be wonderful. There may be more reason, and they may be more open to communicate when they've been away and have missed home. And your relationship is going to change with them Yeah. at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I had letters in the telephone. Mm-hmm. The collect call was a big deal. That's right. Today's kids can be in touch with mom and dad in seconds. So mom and dad, don't panic. Right. You're, you're a text away. It, it would have helped... If, with my parents too, but they didn't leave a forwarding address. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But you the relationship changes now too. You're going, you're going from the parent, the ruler is the wrong word, the director to now you're moving into more of a friendship role now, more of a mentor. Yes. Kind of thing here. And that's what Dr. Dobson also would say. Once they are out on their own and they're successful, they're like a friend. 
They'll still come to you at times wanting parental wisdom, if, if there is some available. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing now, all of a sudden, they're more agreeable to it versus at times when they would maybe more so go after it and criticize it and, oh, mom or dad, what are you talking about kind of thing. Yeah. Now, yeah. have there ever been times now that you have multiple grandkids where you talk to the grandkids and then your child, Mandy Springs to mind, uh, looks at you and goes, who are you and what have you done with my father? Well, you know, I think so at times, but that's pretty normal for her. <laughs> <laughs> Because that changes, too, the relationship between grandparent and kids. But that's a show for another time. All right. So as we roll into surviving sending your child off to college, which a lot of people are going to be doing here in the next, what, two to three weeks. That's right. Wow. Good point. Can can this kind of thing also be – here's your rabbit trail. Oh, good. I was hoping we'd have one. It took me this far to get it in. Your child is making the transition from fifth grade to junior high, from eighth grade to high school. Can any of this apply to them as you see your kids making that transition as well, even though they're still at home? Yeah, I think you want to watch how they do it. And when you think about parents who predict or have an idea of, well, what's high school going to be like for him? Or, you know, my daughter's pretty close to home and not all that sociable. How is junior high going to impact her? That will begin to set a tone because, you know, they're headed into their teen years where their emotional identity and their identity at large come from. So, yeah, it would have an impact and it would be important. And that's where those, you know, we were just talking about open lines of communication. That's critical when you start moving into those transition years to keep those lines open any way you can. We definitely want them to be able to. And oftentimes, if we go back to an old saying, that you're only as ill in life as the secrets you keep. Well, if they're not as open when you think there's a need to talk to them, they may be keeping something in that they don't want you to get too close to because you might find out as a parent. Some of our children learned it was better to tell us after the fact because they knew how we would react if we knew before. (laughs) A great example was our oldest son, did skydiving he he did that oh he did yeah and he didn't tell us before (laughs) (laughs) and how old was he well he was probably early 20s okay all right he told us afterward and he survived it well this was clearly before his wife was in the picture Uh uh-huh she clearly has been our ally (laughs) (laughs) and you didn't find out until he sent you the picture from twenty thousand feet (laughs) right Yeah. Look what I'm doing today, Dad. (laughs) Yeah. Mom, I can fly. Let's move on to the next thing that Lori Freeland suggests here, and it's to be a safe place. We all need shelter from the storms of life, somewhere to vent, somewhere to turn in a moment of confusion or panic or crisis, somewhere to feel loved and safe, especially when you're out on your own, for the first time. And the cool thing is, regardless of the miles between you and your child, you're a text or a phone call away. We might also have to talk about extending grace as well. And they might not be successful in their attempts. Going away to college is not only about getting information downloaded onto your hard drive in your head. 
it's more so also about beginning to be on your own. The growth process. Yeah. But knowing that you can call home. Right. Yeah, you, know, you can still do your ET imitation in phone home. <laughs> it's still okay in most cases. And we want that. And to have our children be able to say whenever they want, that's really a good thing. Being a safe place is a good thing. Another one uh, that she suggests here is to have a plan. Now, you right. talked about this earlier. You were worried about this with Jason, that you were 10, 12 hours away if something went wrong. Right. And, and so it was so good to be able to think that he could call us. He could, we could come and we would. Or we would want to help him, encourage him to go to a hospital or, you know, to take care of himself. And so it was reassuring because there was still connection. And well, mom and I made it pretty regular trips to Boston. In part, we wanted, you know, to spend time with him. That was one. And two, it was on the basketball team. <laughs> Jeez. Always comes that that and golf, right? <laughs> we wanted to watch him play play basketball. And, and so this is bless our son's heart this is really and i gotta say he got this from me scott so i i guess i'm telling on myself too <laughs> one time we went up for one of his basketball games now keep in mind basketball being in the winter we went through a lot of horrible weather to get there uh-huh. and we get to the game and here jason is sitting in the bleachers in his street clothes and we're like what is going on is he okay and so at halftime he came over and he said, Mom and Dad, I forgot my basketball shoes. Oh, no. <laughs> and the rule was, you don't bring them, you don't play. Well, yeah. So then we got talked to the coach, and I said, do you realize we tro- drove 12 hours to come and watch this game? And watch him sit in the bleachers. <laughs> yeah. We did really good. <laughs> but so that that plan was, was good that we were able, and he knew he could call home, and he did maybe some, but more so we did the checking on him. And as far as grades were concerned, we, we basically celebrated the fact that he not only enrolled in classes he needed to take, he took them, he did well, and ended up with a degree in communication. But yeah, that and so that plan becomes really important and to keep them safe. That's also where today FaceTime and Zoom or some digital way to communicate, you get a regular running idea of where your child is. Right. Absolutely. And you can plan. That makes planning really easy. Now, let's go to this next one, which would be the captain obvious, I think, for for a Christian family. Make a prayer list. Pray for your kids. Well, absolutely. Oh, you know, just because they're out of the house doesn't mean they still don't need your prayer covering. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like that show we did several weeks ago, the Duh Show. Uh, <laughs> you know, make a prayer list. Now yeah. somebody on the, looking at the speaker going, the Duh Show? It's on the podcast network. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I think yeah. I did subtitle it, the Duh Show. So, yeah, pray for them. We oftentimes say, well, the only thing we have left to do, the only thing we can do is pray. Like there's something better than praying. Yeah. When you stop and think about that, that's the best thing we can do, but how often do we not put it out there? Exactly. And we're praying for God's protective hedge around our children, praying for their safety, praying that they continue to walk close to the Lord and that they feel his presence in, in their lives is really important. And 
as you become grandparents, you ever hear the old story about, well, you know, grandma and grandpa always were praying for me. Now that you're a grandparent, praying for your grandchildren. You're doing it, yeah. Yeah, you understand why. Yep, you certainly do. Now, given time, plan ahead and prepare them. That's right. You know? That's really important, Scott. Give them ownership when they are under your roof. That, again, we talked about earlier, is so incredibly important. How are we going to expect them to own their lives when they're 8, 10, 12, however many hours away from home if they haven't had a chance? That's huge. That's why you do it at home when they're teenagers. You teach them. And you pick safe ways to do it. You give them some ownership so that they see how they do it. The worst thing you could do is develop a compliant child, which we've talked about before, where they don't really think about what they want. Is All they think about is, I don't want to get yelled at here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get in trouble. So you know, mom or dad will want me to do this. And that's their whole focus, not what do they think about it, how do they feel about it. You want them to be able to make wise decisions. This one I kind of grin at, too. Probably a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Develop a budget skill in them. If you have that skill yourself. (laughs) If you have the skill yourself, teach it to your kids. If not, make sure Mm. they get it in school. That's true. And so this will sound good again. After giving ownership, celebrate celebrate the the success. success. Yes. And uh, this one I learned the hard way. If they have a car, teach them that it also needs oil to function. (laughs) That's true. You're not going to be able to get around if you don't learn that lesson. Yep. It can interrupt a drive home from Michigan to Pennsylvania. It it did? Oh, almost. Almost. I signed up to to drive home for Christmas break. There was a girl from Pennsylvania, and she had a car. Uh I didn't. So I helped pay for gas, and we drove home together. First time I'd ever driven a stick. (laughs) <laughs> that didn't go well. We no. got home just enough to drop me off, and her car died. Oh. It had completely drained the oil, and we burned out the engine. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I'm not even sure the girl made it to her house. Oh, wow. All right, let's move on to this last thing here, Tom. How, and this really is just the thing I thought of as I was looking over what you did. If you're going to make that change from the bedroom to the man cave. Right. How long do you wait, and should you be concerned at all that when they come home at Christmas break or they come home to do their laundry and they see that they're sleeping on the couch, not in their yeah, room? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you might want to let them know that ahead of time. And and why not even have that communication with them before they go? Yeah, you're always welcome here, although your bedroom may not look like your bedroom. <laughs> Yeah, if you would, please pack up all of your stuff into these yeah. boxes. Yeah, your dad and I have a bet going whether there's actually a bedroom floor in your bedroom. <laughs> we haven't seen it for 12 years. <laughs> so if you're missing your child, I think it's really a good idea to go through your photo album, look at pictures, and it helps you tell stories, maybe uh, grieve some or uh, adjust. If you have a iPhone, there's actually iMovie on it, which can help you make a video of that child and put, oh, yeah. it, put it to music. Well, there you go. So even if you're missing the kid, there's still things you can do to celebrate them and just cry over them. Yeah. And pray over them. For sure. All right. But then again, there is also separation anxiety. Right. We also know that is a thing. Usually it's associated with children, but I have a hunch that there are some parents that may do deal with it too. That's true. So if you are one of those parents and, you know, you've got to send off Sally 
and it is she's the the baby of the family or the only one and out the door she goes oh boy sitting down with someone sitting down with a christian counselor might be a beneficial thing just to help you get by and That's be able right. to celebrate the success of parenting. Right. How can they get a hold of Tom to start a conversation? I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. Thank you for joining us for this session. You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com.